Zion Williamson didn't make an all-NBA team. No real surprise there, but there are salary cap implications for the New Orleans Pelicans. I'll tell you what those are and what it means for the future of the team. That's coming up in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this, what is it, Thursday we got a little bit of an update for today's show. We're going to look at Zion Williamson not making an all-NBA team, what it means for the salary cap for the Pelicans going forward. Then we'll get into the tradable and untradable categories of guys, give you kind of a rundown on the roster. Who do we think staying? Who do we think is going? Who's a surprise name that maybe could be included? In a trade. That's all in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you want to become an everydayer, that's the best way to support the channel. Listen Monday through Friday. Catch up on past episodes. Make sure you're tuning in every single day. The other way to support the channel, number one thing you can do, comment down below on YouTube. So the All-NBA teams were released, and these can have implications on NBA player contracts. Defensive Player of the Year is another one, as well as MVP. Those are the awards that have what they call the Rose Rule, named after Derrick Rose, who won an MVP early on in his career. And it basically means you get a higher percent of the salary cap. Max contracts, when you hear people say, this guy's getting a max or a designated player uh, contract, anything with designated player. It is a percent of the salary cap. For Zion Williamson, when he signed that contract extension this last off season, he had the Rose Rule escalator in there that says, okay, you get 20% of this upcoming NBA salary cap, but if you hit certain criteria, you get 25% of that. And with the salary cap set to go up and up and up in future years, well, 5% is a whole lot of money. And that's why you saw Zion's contract reported as could be worth $193 million or $231 million. About a difference of $40 million there that was riding on him maybe making an all-NBA team or winning MVP or defensive player of the year, which that one wasn't going to happen. So he had a lot of incentive to play. And that's where this gets, I think, kind of interesting with all of it. So the money, first and foremost, you know, look, I'd like to see him on there, but the amount of games he played wasn't going to be on there. Simple as that. Like, it's not a surprise he wasn't on an all-NBA team. So this ends up saving the Pelicans around $5.5 million per season for the next five years or so. A little bit more than that, maybe $6, 7000000 million. You know, they're going to pay him about one ninety-three per year instead of two thirty-one. So his first year starting salary this year looks like it'll be somewhere, and again, there's nothing set yet till we see the salary cap. And I should mention that those designated player extensions, 
the percentage is not the percent of the cap every single year and what the cap is. It's indexed off of the first year that it goes into effect. So the salary cap in Zion's fifth year on this deal is going to be significantly higher than where it is now. He's only going to get 20% of this upcoming salary cap, and that's what it'll be. And there's raises built in there too, usually 8% or so. And that's what his contract's going to be. We'll be able to see it all very, very soon. But it's essentially going to be a difference of about five to six million dollars per year saved for the Pelicans. On the surface, it's not a bad thing. Look, sucks. I'd like to have seen him on there. I would have liked him being healthy all year, making an all NBA team, making that extra $40 million and seeing what the Pelicans could be doing. Would they still be playing now in the postseason? But it, that's it's not the way it went. So look, at least the team has some money and breathability against the luxury tax and the salary cap in the future. And I think that's not a bad thing given that they're very close to the luxury tax this year. I've given you the numbers on it. If you're an everyday or you've heard the show on that and they have about four and a half million to six million to the luxury tax. This basically saves them that if he had made it, they'd be there right now and we'd be having a different discussion about what the end, what the Pelicans offseason would be. So they save some money, you know, good for the team, I guess. It's only good if they end up using it. But with the way some of the exceptions are going up, this could actually be a somewhat big deal. There are, once you're an over the salary cap team, and again, I talked about this, go look up the salary cap show if you want to kind of hear how the NBA salary cap works. You're an over the cap team or an under the cap team. And when you're an over the cap team, you use exceptions to sign players. That's where you hear things like the mid-level exception come into play. The other one that they have is the biannual exception. Biannual, you get to use it every other year. That right now is worth, this season, about $4.5 million to sign somebody. About the same amount of money that the Pelicans are saving, a little bit less, than the difference in Zion's max deals. So, it gives the Pelicans more spending. As the salary cap keeps going up and up and up, this will give them more breathing room, hopefully, depending on where they are, salary-wise, to the luxury tax in the future, and maybe mean they can actually spend a little bit more money in free agency because they're paying Zion Williamson less. I also, more than anything, hope this motivates Zion Williamson. You know, if what a lot of the reporting is and what I've said here is, you know, maybe he didn't take his injury rehab nearly as seriously as he should have, it just cost you, right? You know, you hear the flock around and find out. This is the finding out part of that, right? This is kind of reaping what you sow, and it's not fun when it's to the tune of $40 million. He might be upset about this, but potentially only has himself to blame. And if that's the case, hopefully it's a lesson. Be out there on the court. Do what you need to do to be out there on the court because your future, your money, is based around that. Anything that makes him commit and again, he does it. He's done it in the offseason. We're not killing Zion and being like, this dude's over at anything. He looked amazing coming into the year. It was only once he got injured, which is a little bit different, right? But anything that turns him a little bit more professional, a little bit more professional, a little bit more professional is exactly what you need to see from him. And maybe losing out on $40 million is what it could do. So there could be long-ranging implications on this for the Pelicans, not just on the salary cap, but with, well, 
Zion, and the future. And the future is what we're going to talk about next. Who's tradable? Who's untradable? Let's kind of just go through the roster. We'll start with the untradable category because I'm not going to put some names in there that you might think. Who's going to be, who are the locks to stay on the team who maybe aren't? That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. But before we get to that, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by eBay Motors, my favorite sponsor that we have on the show. I work on all my cars. I'm, I'm fixing up a classic, a 1976, it is red, Corvette. Just put new brakes on it, ordered all new uh, brake calipers, brake pads, put on two new rotors on the rears too, ordered them all off eBay Motors because with eBay Motors guaranteed fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. I've had to try and hammer some things on, something be off by just an inch and there's no way it's going on the car or the hood won't close. It's the worst feeling in the world. You don't need to worry about that with eBay's guaranteed fit. Just add your ride to my garage, look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you're going to be back driving in no time. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm actually going to be working on the car this weekend. Got to fix some of the window parts and everything. Take some of those. Uh, has power windows. It goes up and down, but slowly. So I'm going to pull all of those out, see what's broken, order new parts for, to replace the ones so that window is going to work perfectly. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome. Okay. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. Here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. No one else comes to you like this every single day, completely free. There's no Locked On Pelicans Prime, Locked On Pelicans Plus. You just get a show for free every single day. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show. Leave a five-star comment with a review wherever you listen to your podcast and comment down below. And if you want to become, or if you want to support the channel, become an everydayer. Listen Monday through Friday. So who's touchable and who's untouchable? That sounds so weird. Who could be traded and who is off limits on this Pelicans roster? I think this is an interesting exercise to look at because I think some guys are untradeable, including a name that probably just got put on this more recently. And I think others that you think might not be tradable actually are, even if it's likely they won't get dealt. So let's look at some of these names here. Untradeable players. Zion Williamson not going to be traded. Literally did a show on this. They are not trading Zion Williamson. Next untradeable player. Let's get this one out of the way too. Brandon Ingram. I don't think he's at the same level as Zion, but he's untradeable. Not going to get moved whatsoever. I did a show on that. This changes if he kind of makes it known I'm not going to sign an extension or something in the future, or if he becomes unhappy in the future, but we don't know that. And so he is untradeable right now. The third untradeable player for the Pelicans, I guess it's fitting I put him third, Trey Murphy the third. There's no way this team is going to trade him. There's no way they are going to trade him. He was awesome for the team last year and huge down the stretch and is going to be in the running for most improved player next season depending on his role. 40.2. 6% from three on over six attempts per game. 
14 and a half points per game on 10.1 shot attempts. He had a 40-point game. He was just flat-out good for New Orleans, and you saw his game grow as the season went on. He had 16 games of 20 or more points. When this team needs a third score, four score at times, this is a guy who's going to be able to deliver that. He had one, two, three, four, five games of 30 or more, including a 41-point performance. There are many games he's had where he hits six or more threes, including a game where he went 10 of 12, 9 for 14, 7 for 13, 6 of 8, 6 of 12. Those numbers are phenomenal. You saw him add more of a mid-range game, an in-between game, as the season went on to his bag. We know he could shoot the three. We know he could drive and attack closeouts and dunk on people. It was in the dunk contest. But you saw just more patience to him, making moves. The footwork was good, just dancing in traffic, all of that as the season went on. Being a three-level scorer like that, and he's not elite at those things yet, right? But you see that he has the tools to be good. He has all the tools and the size to be good defensively too, even if he's not amazing at that right now. He could be a good rebounder. He needs to work on that a little bit more, and that's fine. Because right now you see what he can grow into. We talked about Herb Jones and his extension in yesterday's show. The one that Trey's going to get is probably going to be a max deal. His bag is going to be big. It's going to make your eyes jump out of your head. Partially because also it'll be with one of the new new salary caps that are going to be much higher. But he is untradeable in my opinion. And that's it on this roster. Those are the three guys that I consider untradeable that they're going to just hang up if you call about any of those guys. Notice I didn't say C.J. McCollum in that. I think he's a tradable player if the right deal comes around. That's kind of the asterisk with that, right? If the right trade is there, I think he could get moved. I don't think they're going to actively look to shop him. I even did a show saying they're not going to trade him, but it doesn't mean he's untradeable. I think he could get moved. Part of it is the salary. You need to, if you're bringing in a big name player that has big salary to it, you need to usually send outgoing salary. And that could be CJ, depending on the position and the player that they are looking at. So that's, those are the three that I think are just the untradeable players. Just three on this roster right now. I love Herb Jones for the right deal. You include him in there. Love Jose Alvarado. You include him in a trip, in a deal. Let's look at some others, though. Valanchunas. We'll talk about Herb Jones, too. And Larry Nance Jr. as well, which I think are interesting. And kind of look at some of the bottom guys on the roster. Are they likely to be moved or not? We looked at these players here because they're probably not being traded. But who might be traded? Or who might the team have trouble finding a spot for, even if they wanted to move him? That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team, looking at the roster today, who could be safe, who could be gone, and Zion and his extension and the impact on the salary cap. Always about what's with the future with this team. Whenever some news happens, we break it down here like no one else does. Completely free. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or follow along on YouTube and become an everydayer. I'm going to throw a mailbag out for tomorrow. I want to hear what your questions are. Let me know 
on Twitter, and we'll probably, and we will, answer some of those in Friday's show. Plus, have a guest coming on tomorrow's, on Friday's show. That's what it's going to be. We'll do a mailbag on Monday. I got Howard Beck, uh, who's Great NBA guy coming on tomorrow's show, interviewing him. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's coming up in tomorrow's show if you're an everyday unlocked on Pelicans. So let's keep talking about the Pelicans roster, who's safe, who isn't, all of those things. So we just went over the guys that I don't think are going to get traded at all. Notice I didn't put CJ in there, and I think for the right deal, he could be included, mainly just due to the salary. But I also think his impact in the locker room, something the Pelicans desperately need, is very, very valuable. And they're probably keeping him as close to untradeable as possible without like giving him a designation like that. But let's keep moving down the roster. Jonas Valanciunas here. Did a show, trust me, we've talked about all of this, right? Did a show on that. I, I just don't see him back next year. I, you know, it wouldn't horribly surprise me if he was, but if you're going to pay that guy $15 million and you don't close games with him and he's your starting center... Just go a different route and invest that money elsewhere in the team. Herb Jones, I think, is safe unless you just need to include him in a deal and it's for a big-name player and it massively upgrades the roster and they want some young talent. You know, he might be on a, a good enough contract if he signs the extension, sure. And I think it's kind of similar for Larry Nance Jr. I think they like Larry Nance Jr. He closes games, right? He's kind of a starter, but not in name. And as starter in everything but name and on the designation, they close games with him. Adds a lot to the team. They think of him as a very good locker room presence too. They just signed him to an extension similar to CJ. They don't want to trade him, but if they have to put him into a deal that makes them significantly better, they will. And I do think they're also wary of that because CJ re-signed here because, well, they wanted him. And when I interviewed Larry Nance Jr. during the season, I asked him about, you know, that feeling of being desired, wanted by this team and how that impacted him and where that played in his decision-making on signing that deal. And he said it was a real big part of it. So when you look at it like that, you know, signing these people saying like, we want you, we want you, and then being like, oh, goodbye, isn't the best look for a team. So I think it keeps those guys kind of safe. Everyone else on this roster I think is very much on the block. Not that they're going to actively look to trade them, but I think they're probably throwing out some feelers. I think a guy like Najee Marshall, who you could argue had his most productive season in the NBA, maybe you want to try and sell high on him and see if anyone is very interested in him. And if they are, well, you don't know if you have the money to re-sign him to a much bigger deal in the future, so are you willing to move him now and try and kind of cash in on a guy that you have developed? A little bit of the same for Jose Alvarado. I, I love Jose. Wonder how this team would have looked if he was healthy down the stretch. He's also an undersized point guard that struggles to defend in the half court. Just saying. That's not the type of guy that you generally win with. And with the three-point shooting not being amazing for him when you really need it to be, I think it's a guy that they would include in a trade if a team really demanded it. Same for Dyson Daniels. I think they like what they have in him. I think you saw a lot of defensive versatility from him. Good rebounding, good passing. The offensive game, we weren't expecting it to be great this year. It'll come in time. But I don't think they're actively shopping him, but would include him in a deal 
if need be. Jackson Hayes is a free agent. They'll do a sign and trade. They'll do whatever it needs. They could bring him back, but he's not part of the future. Same for Kyra Lewis Jr. It's just tough to really see potentially where he fits in. You know, there were times when the offense was so stagnant and just crying out for a jolt of anything, and it wasn't him. What's that say? If you're the player, what's that say? And then he randomly got minutes in the playing tournament game, and they were terrible because he hadn't played in a month. They need to decide we're either going to figure out what we have in him or not. And he was coming back from you know, a really significant injury, but he still shows all of the speed. But there hasn't been anything in there that makes you go like, oh, he's turning the corner. The three-point shot looked okay this year. Very limited sample size when it comes to that. So I don't really know. He was 15 of 34 on the season. Not terrible. I mean, it's a good percentage. It's just that actually isn't enough attempts to truly know. So I wonder depending especially if they draft a guard or what they do with likely the 14th pick, which by the way itself as an asset as a potential future player, definitely on the block and something I think they're going to actively look to trade. You know, maybe they're throwing out some feelers for Kyra Lewis Jr., but alongside Najee Marshall, I can't imagine he's got tons of interest league-wide or a ton of value league-wide. Garrett Temple's going to be an afterthought in anything. And then the real interesting one, kind of at the end of everything, I don't think I've missed anyone else. Josh Richardson, maybe they bring him back if there's just no one out there in free agency. Is The interesting one is Billy Hernan Gomez and what they maybe decide to do with him. It's a team option on him next year. They could bring him back if they wanted to. Uh, for what's his contract? Two and two, two point five, two point six million dollars next year. It's cheap. He's been upset. He wants a bigger role, especially after being Eurobasket MVP. You know, they spent kind of the whole offseason hyping him up, calling him MVP, all of those things, and then don't play him. I wonder how he feels about that, not in a great way. And so they might look to just let him go, clear some cap space, and kind of do right by a player. So this wouldn't be a guy that's being traded. This would be someone they're just like you're free. Go, go do your thing and let him go and try and find a better situation for him. And I think that's probably what he would prefer. So really, when I look at this roster, there's three untradeable guys, about three or four guys that they don't want to trade, but would if need be. And then everyone else, eh, I think they, they, they could keep them. They could let him go and they wouldn't be too, too upset about all of that. Let me know who your untradeable players are for the Pelicans down in the comments on YouTube. And that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow with Howard Beck, and we'll do a mailbag on Monday.